I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be a human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. We finally decided that we're going to do a long weekend retreat because everyone's been asking us and we just wanted to find the perfect place. So we did. Yeah. And I think it's nice because there's something about doing a four night, three day retreat that makes it a little bit more accessible to everyone when a full week away can be tough. Totally. And, you know, we really decided to do it this time on just so many of the themes that feel alive in our work with our clients and what the, you know, the conversations we're having in our group work with clients um, around the shift in what's happening right now in the collective. Yeah. And what's happening for women. And I think it's a really unique moment in history that we're living through. You see it in so many of the conversations that are happening with, you know, the success of the Barbie movie, the way we're really challenging these patriarchal structures that we talk about constantly and how much the level of discontent and, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that something needs to change within my life, but what does that look like even knowing it, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of times people are coming to us in a therapeutic setting and they're telling us that they're feeling, you know, overwhelmed, resentful, disillusioned with their life, disconnected, right? That they're struggling to really identify kind of what is theirs and what is social programming, that they want something different and bigger from their lives, but they're not really sure like how, what does that look like and how do I get there? Right. Yeah. So we want to create a long weekend where we're going to give you some of the tangible tools that we have incorporated into our own lives that we're working with and the clients that we work with and really what it looks like to start to embody the rise of the feminine principle that we know this moment in history was sort of prophesized to be about for all of us, right? Hell yeah. So we're also going to walk away really understanding what it means um, to envision our life with a real authentic sense of clarity, with purpose, with aliveness. We're going to have no apologies here, right? We're going to also break down some of the limiting beliefs and where they come from, right? So we're going to get into the upbringing component. Um, why and where is all of this highly codependent, patriarchal, misogynistic kind of... Um, you know, approach to life. Like, why are we carrying this? Right. It's really important for us to understand and break that down. Yeah. So we're calling it the return of the sovereign feminine. It's going to be in Malibu, California, the most beautiful estate, January 18th through 21st. And we're just really excited about this one. It feels really close to our hearts. Yeah. So you can click on either of our bio links on Instagram or social, um, or you can go to my website, vanessabena.com backslash retreats, and you can check out all information there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. So today we are talking to just one of our people, as you (laughs) called her, 
<laughs> She's our people. She is our yeah. people. Um, we're gonna, you guys are gonna listen to us have a conversation with Amanda Walsh today. And she is the CEO and founder of Astrology Hub. Mm-hmm. Um, and Astrology Hub, which I mentioned in the episode, is a, you know, it started as a website. I mean, it's more than just a website, it is a hub, a literal hub for astrologers and just content around astrology. But it's funny because full circle, I found Astrology Hub way back when in like 2015 or 16 when I was still mm-hmm. working in corporate. And so to have this experience now of having a conversation with Amanda on the other side of it has been just very, I don't know, it's just one of those experiences, right? Where things come back around, but they also have a, a podcast. So the Astrology Hub podcast, which is a top ranking astrology hub. Oh my gosh. A top ranking astrology podcast <laughs> with over 80,000 downloads per month, which also features conversations with the best astrologers in the world today. She just really, um, I think since day one, her mission has always been to pull together like the best of the best. Like, where Mm -hmm. can I go and know that the information about astrology that I'm finding is high quality, is like resourced? It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's pulled from people who have shown that they are well researched in what they do. Um, It's like you can trust it, you know? Yeah. I love talking to her so much. I think I, I, this is why I love this podcast and getting to do what we do, because I feel like we are speaking to people who make me want to rise and they are like expansive conversations. And she is so much of that. She's just living so on purpose. I think the path that she has taken to do what she is doing in the world and having the impact that she's having is just so unbelievably inspiring. And I think it's it's fascinating. Like right before we started talking to her, both of us were like, oh, there's just so much you know, mirroring in terms of the conversations that we've been having and the path that both of us have taken are on. Um, That is just so much of what we speak to her about in this episode. And I feel like it just felt really containing in the way that she spoke to some of these shifts that are are written are the inevitable things that we will experience in a way that it's like, yes, not only is this absolutely what was meant to happen, but it's supporting you in being everything that you came into this life to be, you know. Yeah. And they have graciously offered all of our listeners 15% off Hmm. a reading. And so we will have the code in the show notes for that if you're interested, Um, but definitely get on it. It's super cool. There's like a quiz where you can kind of put in all of your information and it'll, you know, what are you looking for? And it'll very specifically match you with somebody, which I just thought was a really cool way to do that, especially if you're going in totally blind, you know? Mm. Um, but the episode itself is really helpful because she goes into what we call life transits, right? So you don't have to have a background or an understanding of astrology to be able to take away a lot of learning and understanding from this episode, because she's going to break it down. It's based on your age. It's based on the transits that all of us experience. Um, and also they're going to be giving everybody, uh, which we'll put the link in our show notes as well like a handy dandy little PDF probably, or like a link to a URL so that you can understand the transits. And if you're driving and you're listening to this, you don't feel like you have to like furiously jot down notes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. This has been one of my favorite conversations. I really love talking to Amanda. Yeah. Enjoy y'all. Thank you so much, ladies. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here with us. Man. I'm, I think this is going to be a really informative conversation for people. Mm. Um, and Danae and I both definitely have some questions we want to ask you, (laughs) (laughs) um, but can we start with, we, we always love to kind of start with every guest taking us through how you got to be kind of who you are and where you're at right now. Obviously we've kind of read your bio. We know that there was a, a pretty big life change for you, which feels like it will be resonant for a lot of people out there. I know it is for me. Um, but I would just love for you to take us through. Yeah. Like what that journey was for you. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I was, uh, I was living in New York city. I had built a life for myself. I was about what, what age? 33, around 33. And I, I had my first daughter, which definitely was a wake up moment for me because now instead of just you know, I'm doing my thing. I'm going to work. I'm building this career and these things I was doing. It was a choice now. Mm -hmm. Do I want to go do that? Or would I rather be with my daughter? Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to go do that, is it worth it? Like, is it, is it, is it the thing that I, that is worth 
not spending my time with her, right? So when I looked at that, it was no longer worth it. I remember sitting on conference calls and just being like, oh my God, I don't care. I don't care about any of this. You know, it doesn't matter. And so I, I, I saw the trajectory of my life. I saw where I would, what kind of like the train I was on and it didn't match with whatever was happening inside of me, Mm. which was definitely an awakening of God. I, I really want to feel on purpose. I'd love to feel passionate about what I'm doing. I'd love to model for my daughter what it looks like to be alive and to like truly be in an enjoyment of my life. And I don't think I'm on that train right now. I mm. think, you know, I can see where this is going. I don't think this is where we want to go. So then it was like, okay, well, if I was to start over, if I was to get on a different train, what would that look like? And so the decision was made. And I was married at the time. And we were kind of going through this awakening moment, like at the same time, which is, I think, pretty unusual. I don't know whatever confluence of events that made that happen. But basically, we decided to leave New York, quit the career, which I was an owner of the company. So it was more than just a career. Like I had actually helped to build this company. And so then it was like, where where would we want to go? So Hawaii had been a place that we had loved forever. We had gone every year with his family and it was like, and every time we'd be like, why are we leaving? Like we get there. It's like, why are we leaving? So then finally, this one time when we were in this process, it was like, all right, let's, let's just do it. Let's go for it. Sold everything we owned, you know, made the big migration to Hawaii. And this was the beginning of a serious breakdown period that lasted like four or five years, really, where every single thing that I had built in my life, the aspects of my identity that I was really attached to, like the corporate businesswoman, the successful businesswoman, the one who like gets things done, you know, all that. It was, it was, it all was falling away. Mm-hmm. And, and and I can go into a lot more detail, but I don't, I don't need to, you get the point. Like it was, I was going through a series of initiations and trials and tribulations that were just stripping it away. Eventually that led to divorce with this, my college sweetheart, you know, thought we would be married until, you know, our golden years and, uh, near bankruptcy. <laughs> so like, again, everything that I had built, it, it was, it was, um, just nothing that I did before was working anymore in the way that it worked. And I was having to find a new way to navigate the world and a new center place within myself from which to create. And so, all, you know, I'm saying this in hindsight, but in the process, it just felt like a total cluster. You know what I'm saying? Just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like I am a failure. My life has totally fallen apart. Mm-hmm. You know, who am I? What am I doing? What's the point of all this? In that period of time, astrology came into my life. It was totally just this coincidence. I had a friend from New York who's like, I just had this reading with this woman. I think she's in Hawaii. She might be close to you. Mm-hmm. I look her up online. Not only is she in Hawaii, but she's on the same island. Not only is she on the same island, but she's like 15 minutes away from me. So I go, I have an in-person reading, which these days is you know very rare. And um, it was just this moment of like, oh my God, mm-hmm. like there is a point to all of this. Mm-hmm. There is a reason why I'm going through all of this. And what I was able to glean from that was that Not only was there a point, but there was an end. And at the end, I could, if I made a series of choices, I could emerge more me, more purposeful, more on fire, more passionate, more helpful Mm -hmm. to the world Mm -hmm. than ever before. But that I had to go through this period of time. And it actually was sort of like written, you know, it like if you had looked at this chart when I was a child, you could have seen that there would be this confluence event that would be a time of major transformation in my life. So it's not that I messed up. It's not that I was a complete failure. It was part of my evolutionary journey and path. I love that. That right there is the kicker for people is like, I, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't yes. screw up. Yes. It's it's in a certain way almost destined that we're gonna have this struggle. And that doesn't mean something's wrong with me. And I would venture to say not even almost destined, absolutely destined. You know what I'm saying? Like absolutely destined. And and the choice point is always 
So you can look at a chart and see there's going to be this confluence of energies that looks like the underlying theme of that confluence of energies is transformation. For example, Mm -hmm. we get to choose. We get to choose how we dance with that energy. So I could have let all of these things happen and be the end of me. I mean, I could have gone into the depths and darkness of despair and stayed there. But through the the exercising of free will, this is where free will does come in. You know, it's it's a series of choices of like, okay, this is horrible. This is hard. This I'm crying every single day. I'm getting in my car and I'm screaming and I'm swearing in my car because it's the only place where nobody can hear me. But like, there's that much pain. And I know, I know it's going to be okay in the end. You know, Mm -hmm. I know this is part of the process of transformation. I know, but I didn't always know, you know, it was like, I think feel like the perfect messengers come into your life. The perfect, if you're looking for it, Mm -hmm. the perfect people to help shepherd you through that, the perfect, you know, thing you read in a book, the perfect podcast you land on, like Mm -hmm. cheaper than therapy, it comes into your life right at that moment where you really need it. Um, so anyways, that's, that's basically my story. So astrology came into my life. I had this opportunity to start astrology hub, which is a whole nother story in its own. It was very synchronistic. It was very much like, oh my God, yes, that's the answer. Like I'm passionate about this. I know it helps people because it's helped me. I'd love to build something around it. I don't know what any of that means, but, but yes, like it's just a, a yes. And so that was 2015 and now we're here in 2023 and it's grown beyond my wildest expectations. Beautiful. I love the language that you speak as you talk about this process, Amanda, and that you talk about it as a series of initiations. Cause I think there's so much about our society that holds what, you know, at one time in history would have been normalized as these are us being initiated into the next stages of our development. We see them as like having a breakdown or, you know, like you're just like lost and really, really struggling. And you are, but you're, you're maybe losing the idea of what you were meant to be or the conceptualization of your life as you'd held it up to this point and becoming the next iteration of self that, as you said, you were always meant to become. You know, and it's so interesting when you look at astrology. So there's the, there's your personal chart, right? There's your personal blueprint. There's, Mm -hmm. there's the personal configuration of, of energetic frequencies that's active and alive in you. Mm -hmm. And then as you go through life, the, the, the cosmos keeps moving. The universe keeps moving. So there's this, like, I always think of it as like a screenshot Mm -hmm. of the moment of your birth. It is the, the, the picture of the the sky at the very moment and location of your birth, right? It's a screenshot. And it's like, boom, you know, it's like this imprint on you, in you, it's not on you, it's in you. And then life, you know, the, the, the planets and the stars and the, the, they keep moving and they, they pull out these different aspects of you as you go throughout your life and they magnetize certain experiences to you as you go throughout your life. And so there's the understanding of like the nuances of you, which is, is it can get very technical and specific and, and very deep. Right. But then there's these, what I love to call life cycle transits, mm-hmm. the, these transits that we will all walk through throughout our life. I mean, depending on how long our life is. Right. But there's the Saturn return at age, you know, 28 to 30. There's the Pluto square, uh, Pluto opposing Pluto. There's Neptune opposing Neptune. And, and, and the words don't even matter. But you you walk through life and you're going to walk through these initiations. Mm-hmm. You're going to. And if you're aware of the invitation of that particular initiation, you can answer the call. Right. You can say, yeah, like, I'm ready. You know, the Neptune one, it, it feels like there's a fog. It, it, it's, it's, mm. it's a very foggy period of time where you can't see much beyond the next step in front of you. And is it similar to like the Saturn return? And I would love to have you give, give a little bit more kind of insight on that one, because I've had a few clients recently that it, they're so smack dab in the middle of it that I've actually sent them resources on yeah. their Saturn return so they can yeah. understand a little bit more about the context, you know, in which they're living. Do you find that I know Saturn return is about 28 to like what 32 usually, but give or take, but like, is it like that with all of the, the lifetime transits where there's like certain ages that it tends yes. to. Okay. Okay. Yes. And what's amazing. So we have in our culture, right. We call it the midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the stereotypical, the guy like divorces his wife and gets the red Corvette and goes off with the 20 year old. That's like the stereotype of the midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the, again, I'm going to use this word confluence. If you look at the confluence of energies that happens to everyone Mm -hmm. in the period of time between about 36 to 44, depending on your chart, it's different. There's like three cycles coming together at the very same time Mm -hmm. that are all about like, are you on the right path? Or have the decisions that you've made up until this moment been aligned with who you actually are? Are you in integrity with who you came here to be? Um, Sometimes it requires like a shock of energy to like wake you up. And that would be the, uh, the Uranus opposes Uranus. So Uranus is like this shocking energy that can come in. But the more aware you are, the less life has to like do that for you. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like the more you're aware that like, okay, this period of time in my life is about the wake up call and is about these questions of like, am I on my path? Am I, have I just been unconscious and on autopilot and making these decisions because that's what society told me to do? Or is there something else I'm here to do and be? And so that if you, again, if you know, like, okay, 42 to 44, that's Uranus opposes Uranus for everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, exactly the nuance for your chart is going to depend on your chart, but approximately 42 to 44, there will be a wake up call unless you're already awake, you know, unless you're already asking these questions, unless you're already navigating like that way. So yeah, the Saturn return at age about 28 to 30, again, depending on people's charts, you have another one. In your 50s, you have the second Saturn return. And so if at that first Saturn return in age 20 to 30, you you do the invitation of that, which is like, it's a time of adulting. It's a time of actually getting on. It's like taking responsibility for your physical reality, for, you know, for, um, you know, getting on a path that will help you to create the structures of your life that you want to create. If, if that, is that a family? Is that a career? Is that your geographic location, you know, what is it? But making those decisions and kind of solidifying your presence here on the planet and saying like, I am here, I am responsible for my life. I am making decisions regardless of what my parents or, you know, everybody told me to do. I'm doing what I'm here to do. Again, at age, let me check this right now. It's in your early fifties. Yeah. Oh, no, no, later fifties. So 56 to 58, you're going to have a second Saturn return. If you, again, if you, if you've taken, I call it the cosmic curriculum. Mm -hmm. If you've been mindful of the cosmic curriculum the whole time, that second Saturn return is your threshold to becoming the wise woman or man, the elder, the wise elder. You get to walk through that initiation at that point in your life when you've accepted the initiations all along. Mm -hmm. So it's, and you still can if you haven't. If you haven't been aware, it's okay. But um, it, it will be a very natural evolution of your life if you've been walking through all those thresholds all along. And so whether it's astrology that's helping you do that or therapy that's helping you do that, because the astrology just gives a language, mm. life experiences. You can completely walk through these thresholds having no clue about the astrology. It just can help to, you know, to, to give you context of what's mm. happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny, Amanda. I was just facilitating a group before we came in where we were talking about walking the path of the nonconformist. And we were talking about that period of time you're talking about between age 36 to 44, where all of a sudden it feels like, you know, Brene Brown talks about it where life sort of like jolts you and it's like, I'm not messing around. Like, wake up. And I like to call it, yeah, like, um, like the midlife awakening, because it's like, I've been sleepwalking through my life. And all of a sudden life is like, this is not a dress rehearsal. Let's go. And (laughs) I love the way that you talked about finding astrology, I think on your website. And you were saying, you know, it just felt really supportive of you're not crazy. You're not alone in this. The cosmos is with you and supporting you. And I remember having my first natal chart reading and being like, just weeping at like the extent to which it was like someone was telling me about me and why this was okay. And I think that's what people don't under understand if you haven't had that experience of a reading is it's just so like supportive of whatever this time is. You're not alone in this. This is actually like you're being supported through this, this path. Yes. This moment. 
Yes. And again, I'm going to use that word. It, it's, it's giving language to mm. our experience where, you know, the soul is usually like you know, whispering to us and, and we're getting, we, we can, we can have a feeling or a resonance or a you know, that pull. And then to have a perfect stranger revealed to you in a language, what that call is, or that pull is, or that whisper is, it's so confirming, like you said, and you know, it's a good astrology reading when it's confirming something that you already knew deep inside, but maybe had a hard time articulating when, when it's off is when you walk away going, huh? Like Mm -hmm. that's, that didn't feel right. Like, Mm -hmm. or I am terrified now. Like that, that to me is an, either an irresponsible use of astrology mm-hmm. or a, just a completely like not accurate use of astrology. Because again, astrology is, is it's describing your soul's intention and potential in this lifetime. So it's not going to feel like, like mm-hmm. yuck, impressive, scary, but yes, it can be like, oh, like I got to gear up. Like there's a period of time where I, I need to like find more will forces within myself to, to, to meet the challenges ahead, mm. but not like, Oh God, life's going to, it's going to hurt me. And it's out against me. That that's to me when astrology gets warped and, and I, and I've, I've experienced it when I've talked to people about having an astrology reading. A lot of times they're like, is the astrologer going to tell me something bad? Mm. Am I going to learn something horrible? It's like, no, like, it's just, I want to like hug the person and be like, <laughs> it's so, it's so natural to, to have that. Like, oh God, it's, there's something wrong with me that I'm going to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like that. And it's not going to feel like that. I and also I think that from hundreds of people that have, that I've gotten to hear go through it. I also think too, that, you know, similar to when I'm talking to people about finding a therapist, like so often people will come to me and they're like, how do I find a great therapist? And I have to, I usually explain it that it's similar to dating right? Like you have to meet with a few people. What's the vibe? Like, do you connect energetically? Right? Like, do, do you feel like they get you? Do you kind of, you know, and, and people will laugh at that, but it's, it really is important that the relationship be one of, um, understanding and, and really feeling kind of seen and understood. And that just means that we're not for everybody. That's not like that there's bad or, you know, one therapist, bad, one therapist is good. It's just that some people connect and some people don't. And I feel the same way about astrology. Like Danae and I both had a reading recently with one of your astrologers. And, um, I had said to her that we have a good friend of ours who does astrology and she's brilliant. And, there's often times where she'll, she will go deep into something. And I find myself like, okay, you've lost me. Like, woo, 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 woo. Like I, there's nothing tangible. I can't grasp it. Like I can't put it, you know, on the earth. And (laughs) I know myself and I'm a very linear thinker and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very Torian and I like things to kind of be very earthly and grounded. And this other astrologer that we just worked with through, through your network, I found to be very linear in the way that she thought and articulated what it was that she was extracting. And so I came away like, oh my God, that made so much sense. And then Danae being kind of more of the circular person, you know, was like, oh, I struggled. I struggled because it didn't feel as like resonant for me as as far as like how she was articulating it. Right. Right. And so all that to say, I also think that sometimes people have come to me and they've been like, oh, astrology doesn't make sense to me. Or, you know, I had this reading and it didn't land. And I might offer to them the same thing that I would offer if they had one bad encounter with a therapist and they're like, oh, therapy's not for me. And it's like, well, maybe we experiment. Maybe we experiment with different people and different backgrounds and traditions and schooling and, and really see what, what fits or feels like it fits. Well, you know that not all therapy is the same. Totally. Not all there's tons of different stream, like there's different focuses and emphasis. It's the same with astrology. There is definitely no one size astrology. There's there's astrology focused on your birth chart, your soul's evolution, there's astrology focused on your finances. There's astrology designed to help you decide where are your power spots on the planet? Like where does your particular wiring line up with the earth's grid of energy? Like there's, there's so many different specialties. And so, yes, when people ask me, who should they have a reading with? It's, I do the same thing. And I'm almost like deer in a headlight, like, cause I'm scanning like the person, the astrologers I know, 
I'm, I'm trying to understand what question they have so I can get them with the right person who can help answer that right type of question. So that's why we even created that matchmaking quiz mm. for our reading platform. Cause it's like, you know, there are the people that want to go out into the cosmos and explore the outer edges of the universe and get super metaphysical. And there's astrologers who will go there with you. Mm. And then like you, Vanessa, there's the ones that are like, no, just give me the tangible, the practical, the grounded, like I want the nuts and bolts, like say it to me in a language I can absolutely understand. <laughs> so there's people that are, have different skill sets and gifts and they're better at one thing versus the other. So yes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I find this when before we hopped on and we had this conversation before about like transits being the thing that we focused on today in our conversation, I was saying to Danae, I think that most people um, who are new to astrology, right, they just they know the sun signs. That's kind of where most people's, you know, understanding stops. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, it might get a little bit too technical for a lot of people. And I, I do feel like the transits are the thing, while many people I think have heard of the Saturn return, because I think it's almost like something that we throw around in like our everyday language. Maybe it's just the circles I run in. I don't know. Um, I think it is helpful to understand that there are these very specific spots mm. along the points of your life that every one of us is going to be in some sort of change um, you know, and to your point that could be struggle or not. It just depends on how you're coming into that transit. Um, I want to go back a little bit because I, I kind of lost you when you went from the Neptune into the Uranus. And I, I want to go back to that one. Cause I feel like number one, Danae and I are both in that age range. <laughs> number two, a lot of our listeners are in that age range. Um, number three, a lot of my clients are in that age range. Um, but so you said 42 to 44 is more of the Uranus Uranus. Is it the 36 to 42 where we're in the Neptune? kind of space. Okay. I love so, that Vanessa's we'll taking notes right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, we, we made a gift for you. We made a gift for you and your audience where we'll have this broken down so you don't yes. have to feel like you have to scribble it all down. <laughs> the reason why it gets confusing with these ages is because they start to overlap each other. Yes. And okay. where that whole, you know, quote, I love midlife awakening. That's mm -hmm. where this is all happening. So Pluto square Pluto, and let's just call it the time of upheaval, mm -hmm. <laughs> age 36 to 39. I mean, for me, this was the um, height and the aftermath of divorce. Hmm. So it was like massive upheaval, upheaval, massive, like, well, actually I'm doing this with my hands. Like it's up. Pluto is more down. It's hmm. more like in the depths of the underworld. It's like, it's uh, a lot of times we think of, you know, you've built a house, right. And there's floorboards hmm. We're in a Pluto transit. It's about taking the floorboards up and seeing what's underneath. Is there rot? Is there treasure? Mm. Is there both? You know, is there, is there a little bit of both? And so what it's helping you do is create a new foundation, but first you got to go in and like, see what's under there. You know, if it's rot, okay, okay we got to replace all this stuff. If it's treasure, okay, let's, let's grab it. But we're going to need to create a new structure that is on firm foundation, but you got to go through the Pluto first. So Pluto's the Lord of the underworld. It's, it's digging up all the shadow stuff. And mm. so that's why it's the time of upheaval. It's not the most comfortable of times, but it's definitely helping you go through a process of transformation that needs to happen. Right. Mm. So a little bit overlapping on that is that Neptune square Neptune, and this okay. is the fog. So like, it's, it kind of feels a little bit unfair because <laughs> you're like going through this upheaval, but you're also not really clear right? You're not really clear. You don't have that like perfect vision for your life. You're literally being asked to navigate somewhat in the dark. And so this to me is where you're coming into a lot of your more intuitive knowing, mm -hmm. a lot of more of the, the more yin aspects of creation, where you are magnetizing to you things based on your frequency. And so it's less linear. It's less like you know, do the goal thing and make the big, huge strategy thing and go for it. It's more the like sitting in the dark, trusting that the next step will reveal itself, putting one foot in front of another. And a lot of it is about what are the qualities that you want this next phase of your life to, to exude? Hmm. What are the next quality? What are the qualities that you want to exude in this next phase of life? And how can you become more in alignment with those qualities?
qualities. How that looks, what the out picturing is, you might not know right now. That's okay. It's by design that you might be feeling your way a little bit. So this is happening. And then to top it all off, (laughs) Uranus opposes Uranus, which is uh, age 42 to 44, which is that wake up call. So this is Uranus can bring the shockwaves. Uranus is is associated with the lightning bolt. Mm -hmm. So it can be that like, holy shit moment where lots of truth is revealed out of nowhere. Or something happens that that creates that that sense of instant awakening mm-hmm. as age 42 to 44. And again, the more aware you are of where you're at in these phases, the less life has to hit you over the head with a two by four. Right. So that's, and that to me is the beauty and the gift of the of astrology is like, Oh, thank you. Like not that life isn't going to happen. It's not like this protection against mm-hmm. life happening, but it is when it happens, it's less feeling like it's happening to you and knowing that you're you're in that cosmic curriculum in that period of time. So again, that when I say that the confluence of events happens in that 36 to 44 range, and they're all happening around the same time. Hmm. 49 to 51, you get some more. So 49 to 51 is the Chiron return. Hmm. This is where those in you, I'm sure in your archetypal psychological language, you touch on this a lot. Because Chiron is about that core wound, mm-hmm. that like deep abandonment or rejection or like not good enough, you know, whatever that deep, deep core wound is that we feel like it, it feels like the, the one that never goes away, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just, oh my God, no matter what this thing uh, like rears its ugly head, this Chiron return period is the opportunity to really get to the root of that, that wound and really then start to use that wound as the medicine, right? Mm -hmm. Because Chiron is the wounded healer, but use that, that your understanding and your experience with that core wound to then help others with that wound. And again, some of us, this is where the nuances of the individual chart come in, because for some of us, these types of awakening happen earlier, you know, Mm -hmm. and then this is just an echo of that happening again. Mm. Um, so this is again, where the nuances of who you are and your, your life curriculum comes in. But this period of time, the Chiron return, you definitely have this opportunity to revisit that core wound again and really have a new type of orientation around it. And then I brought up again, the um, Saturn return around 56 to 58, this opportunity to really step into that mantle of wise man, wise woman, and take that position as an elder. And I don't mean old, Mm -hmm. I mean that elder wisdom. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think at some point you spoke about Amanda as an invitation and I love that, you know, the universe is supporting us. Um, the cosmos are supporting us in these stages of development and becoming, but it's, an invitation that we can take or not. But what I find and what I love so much about depth psychology is that there's like, when you have this framework of, you know, and I love that Carl Jung used to look at the charts of almost all of his clients because it gave him a framework of where they were developmentally. Um, But I think that when, when we don't answer the call, that's not without, I don't like, I'm looking for another word other than consequence, because I don't want it to feel like it's punitive. But I think there are ways that that manifests, whether it's depression, or whether it's like something somatic that happens in the body, because we are really, you know, being supported in like, take this invitation, if you'd like, but if we don't, and a lot of the societal structures, I believe, um, aren't necessarily supportive of us answering the call. And they Mm -hmm. do sort of make us feel like we're crazy and that there's something wrong with us, but that is not without like some way that that continues to play out. If we don't take the invitation, do you know what I mean? We also don't have in our culture, we don't have the platform for healthy initiation anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, so many of the platforms that we used to use and have and rely upon have been stripped in this culture that we live in. So, uh, so many of us are kind of out there floundering around without a platform to be experienced and to be held in those initiatory processes, right? Which is why therapy can be an amazing platform for initiation. Um, You know, I think even astrology in and of itself can be an amazing platform for initiation. It's like, we, we have lost this 
connection to the numinous. We have lost this connection to um, the, the something larger than ourselves, right? Uh, and it it has consequence. And I think what you're saying, Danae, I, I know what you're saying about not wanting to be punitive as like the word, but it, it does have consequence. It, it, it does. And I, and I think what you're speaking to is that. It's like, if we can actually rely on something like astrology as an example, or like therapy um, to provide that platform, we, we might be able to ease that consequence even just a little bit. Maybe suffering. <laughs> it comes with like deeper layers of suffering, suffering internally, right? It really does. And, 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 and often it's at a soul level. You know, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like, you know, those external consequences. It's more that internal like restlessness mm-hmm. and unsettledness and lack of peace. Mm-hmm. I mean, really peace comes when we are aligned with our path. Fulfillment comes when we are aligned with our path. Fulfillment doesn't come with a certain number in the bank account or a certain... Uh, the title after our name, it comes with the alignment with our path. And you're right, Danae, our society doesn't, it doesn't talk about that. There is no, no uh, recognition of that. Mm-hmm. You know, did, have you read the book, uh, The Mutant Message from Down Under, about the Aborigine tribe in Australia? Nobody. God, really it's so, but one of the things that like, I read it years ago, like, I, I, I don't even know, maybe 15 years ago, but it, one of the things that it talked about was how they would choose their quote unquote birthday. They would self nominate a celebration moment when they felt they had walked through a threshold of evolution. Mm-hmm. They would be like, we're celebrating because I just went to the next level of evolution for myself. And I am, I am claiming that and we're going to have a party. You know, <laughs> my, my daughter is, I have two daughters, one now almost 15 and one 12. And we moms decided to create a initiation experience around that their um, walking over the threshold into womanhood mm-hmm. as evidenced by starting their, what I like to call their moon, but mm-hmm. their period, you know, I, it, so, so we created this whole event for them that, and then they got to walk over this bridge and there was, there was symbol symbolism and ceremony and women from the community came and held space for these young young women and the the age span we had um a kahuna there an elder a hawaiian elder there we had little sisters you know three four-year-olds and all of them would offer the the girls gifts of celebration and symbolism and it was just like this yes more like and we should do it throughout our whole lives you know not just at I think it's one of the reasons why we put so much emphasis on the wedding, you know, it craves these types of rites of passage and this Mm -hmm. ceremonialism. And it it really speaks. I think it speaks to our souls on really deep levels. And so we put all this pressure on the wedding day. You know, it's like the little girl dreams of the wedding day because it's the one thing she sees Mm -hmm. feels like, and then the funeral, my God, we got the wedding day and the funeral. So I, I, I'm in complete agreement that it can feel like we're floundering mm. without these anchor points and, and we can start creating them. That's what I love too. Like we, as, as people recognizing there's a lack for this, mm-hmm. we can start doing it and it doesn't have to be a big deal. We can do it in our little local communities. Like we did here on Maui. It was just some moms coming together saying, this is important. We never had this. We don't know what we're doing. We're just going to like come up with some ideas and yeah. try it. And, and it was, it was amazing and beautiful and we, it will be an annual thing now. So now the women, who, the, the, the young uh, women who have walked over the threshold will hold space for the, the girls next year to do the same thing. So yes, that's beautiful. Now I'm listening to this podcast right now. That's kind of like rocking my, my core called uh witch. It's actually a BBC podcast. And there was, one whole episode where she really dove into like the the most common witch that we know at least in the in the western culture which is the wicked practicing wiccans anyway they were talking about the the wheel the calendar right and the way that they broke it down and and there are the ones that most of us know you know the equinox and all these different things but um you know spring and fall and but what i thought was really profound in that part was they were talking about um the guy that was going through and was talking about oh then we celebrate this oh and then in this we celebrate this and he went through it and she goes wow there's a lot of celebrating yes and he said he goes yeah because we need to celebrate like mm-hmm. part of 
the loss of initiation is not just that we feel like we're floundering and we don't have containment. It's also, we have lost our ability to celebrate, right? Like being joyful and, and, and just looking around and saying, oh, I celebrate the longer days of summer. That's yeah. it. Like, let's celebrate that. Oh, I celebrate like how we're moving into winter. And so like, that is going to be more of a, let's go inside and get cozy and the darkness, like let's celebrate that. Right. And he was just talking about the importance of celebration as part of like the human psyche, like the need and how the disconnection from that celebration and like what that does to us. And I, that just stuck out to me. Cause I thought you're right. It's like the, the birthdays, Maybe, you know, we get our birthday every year, which some celebrate, some don't. We yeah. get the wedding, we get the funeral. I mean, what else do we really get to celebrate like day by day, moment by moment, you know? And mm-hmm. this, it's, to me, again, this is where astrology can be simple. Like yes. we can get lost in the tech, technical and the language and all that, but we don't need to. Actually, to me, the way that I work with astrology in my own life is very simple. Mm. It's it's walking outside and seeing the sun and saying hello and thank you. And may I be as radiant as you today. It's seeing Venus rise in the horizon and just the awe. Yes, awe. Beauty. That, and, and when you, again, it's, this, it's the intelligence of this cosmic curriculum that we've been so disconnected from, but, but it's so easy and simple to come back to. It is the rhythm of nature. It is that there's a daily rhythm. There's a monthly rhythm with the lunar cycle. There's a seasonal rhythm with the year. And then throughout the years, there's these cycles like we've been talking about that Pluto's going through, Mercury's going through. You know, they're all going through these cycles. And we can be aware very simply and celebrate very simply, invite the energy of that star, planet, cycle, season, day, whatever it is, into our life. And it brings magic alive again. Yes. Like when we were little, like, like before, uh, the first Saturn square, which happens at seven and any, any parent knows like at seven, something happens where they kind of go out of fairy tale. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of like go out of that, like, Oh, everything's amazing. I'm in this like world where I can get lost and play forever and ever. And like something happens where that seems to shift around seven, but that's the first Saturn square. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the first like kind of coming into form that happens and like matter, like the density of matter. It's like, oh, I'm not like, I'm not still connected to the divine and like just floating over the, you know, I'm like, I'm here in a body and they, they become a lot more self-aware. So, but we, we still have that. We still have that access and we can, we can reconnect with all of it. And again, to me, nature and astrology for me is really just, like the stars and the, I used to think nature is just like trees and plants and, Mm -hmm. and the earth. But then I was, there was this moment, it sounds so, so I feel kind of embarrassed saying it, but there was a moment of like, Oh, like stars and the planets are nature too. Like it's in the same way. So Mm -hmm. connecting with them is also a a way of connecting with nature and natural rhythm. And I agree. Our psyche craves it. And that's why like, you know, when autumn comes, there's this like, Oh, Ooh, like there's a change, you know, I live in Hawaii, so there's not much of a change. I have to like create the change mm-hmm. in my home. Like we have different scented candles and we have different colored flowers and I play different kinds of music because there's a part of me that's so nostalgic for mm-hmm. that. What, what the fall brings death and rebirth and going inside and being a little more internal and, and, and posing up with my soul and, and what, and asking the questions. And so, yes, long better weather. It's What's that? Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Celebrate. Celebrate that. Yeah. Yeah. I felt so emotional a couple of times when you were talking, first of all, because I have a little boy who's six. And I'm like, no. To the I, I, was like, I feel the same way. I looked at you and I made a little like, oh, no. But, but, you know, but beautiful because I think that there's such a way that, you know, you're speaking to how we can hold hold space for that continuum of that and you as a mother holding that ritual for your daughter. Like I want to take a moment and pause just to honor what that is because so few of us had that. I think it made me emotional because I do think that there's a way that like our psyche is so hungry for that, um, 
way of being ushered into these like next phases of life and becoming. And I remember I'm the most introverted person ever. And when I had a baby, I had this hunger for other women and to be like held in the containment of like, what is happening? Like I had never experienced before. And I was like, I don't know, but there's got to be like a mama's group or something. Like I need other women. And I think that it's, it's amazing how we will find a way to create rituals in our way back. And, and to me, it's like the renunciation of the feminine and like that all of what you're describing is so much of like, we reached this phase where, because I didn't feel like, like maybe even five years ago that I was really connected to my feminine circular energy in the way that I am now. But it was like something happened in these transits that you're talking about that it was like, no, I got to get back there. And it was just like an intuitive pull, you know? Yes. I remember sitting in New York city you know, this like high powered Capricorn, you know, worker bee lady. <laughs> same, girl, same. <laughs> and I heard the words divine feminine. Mm. I went, huh, I wonder what that is. <laughs> I have no idea what that is, but that sounds interesting. And it was almost that that sounds interesting mm. that I could say would be one of the threads that I began to pull that led me to Hawaii that led me to this process of transformation that led me to where I'm at now. But it was just that like, Ooh, divine feminine. That sounds cool. I wonder what that is. So those, and I think that happens to us, you know, it's like ping for whatever reason, someone says something that it's like, I always think of it as like this cosmic highlighter for me. Mm -hmm. That breeze is highlighted and it stays with me and it almost haunts me to the, Mm -hmm. until I follow it. You know, so yes, it is very feminine and it is. And and if you look, if you pan out astrologically, so we're in these cycles, right? We're in these yearly, daily, monthly, seasonally, annually, and then bigger, 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 bigger cycles. It's like cycle upon cycle. So in terms of the ages, we have been in the uh, age of Pisces for 2,600 years, Mm -hmm. a long time. A lot of that was external authority, like mm-hmm. putting faith in God and government outside of self, yeah. religion outside of self. Yeah, We are in a transition between the age of Pisces and into the age of Aquarius. It's a very long cycle, right? It's, it's long. It's not like, oh, we're now in the age of Aquarius. It's like, we're in that transition phase, which to me, who are chose to incarnate at this time. Cause I choose, I believe we choose. Yeah. Seriously. Like settled into the new age that, that we're going through as humanity. We're not at the, at the mature phase of the last age. We're in the middle, like we're in the tidal wave period, you know? So, and I think we came here, we're like, like I got this, like we can, we have a role to play in the navigation of this, this way forward. But it is so much about, first of all, coming into balance within ourselves. We, we've externalized the masculine. Mm-hmm. We've gone, okay, government, daddy, yep. <laughs> okay, yeah. please, daddy, you know, like yeah. we, we just like put this masculine thing out there. We're bringing it inside. Right. We're bringing it inside, but then we're also balancing it with this feminine aspect of ourselves, which has just been completely pushed down and made horrible and, you know, tarnished. So our image of our, of our feminine is under repair Mm. (laughs) and we're each coming into balance with it and and learning to value it. I don't, I don't think we're going into the matriarchy. We're going from the patriarchy. I don't, I don't think it's helpful to us to be like, okay, we're going into the matriarchy. No, we're coming into balance. Either okay. one of them is out of balance, right? Okay. So we're coming into balance and we're bringing that authority that we put out there, putting it back inside, recognizing the God within us. Mm-hmm. And that's so Aquarian. And that's so age of Aquarius. It's about the humanity. It's about the power of the human. And I mean, wow. We're, we're going to see things in this lifetime that we probably never thought even in the, our wildest dreams could be possible. Mm. Buckle up, y'all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's Get do it. Everyone here, it. everyone listening, you all chose to be here right here, right now. So you're here with us. <laughs> you heard Amanda, you're the badass warriors. Okay. <laughs> 
this Hawaiian kahuna that I got to study with when I first came to the Big Island. Like I said, I, I like landed in another land from Manhattan to the Big Island of Hawaii. It was like, talk about Alice Landry, Wonder, <laughs> Landy in Wonderland. I was just like, oh my God, what's going on here? Anyways, one of the guides that came to help facilitate my journey was this Hawaiian kahuna. And she would always say, tie your slippers on tight. <laughs> slippers are like the flip-flop, right? Tie your slippers on tight. Like things are going to get crazy. You got them on. So that's definitely where we're at. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So if you feel like things are crazy and tumultuous and upside down, they really are. You're and not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. And you are resourced. You came yes. with the resources to navigate this time in your own unique and beautiful and wonderful way. And nobody else can do it the way you do it. And that is the invitation of your lifetime. Oh my gosh. Amanda, you're our people. We could just like hang out and talk to you all day. So like um but I, I want to be mindful of our, our time and um and get into the lightning round of questions. I'm like, I like lost my train of thought. I'm in the fuck just like geeking out talking to you. Um, so the first question that we ask all of our guests is what or who, excuse me, have been your greatest teachers, mentors, people along your path that have influenced your journey up to this point? Well, obviously astrology and the and the cast of astrologers I've gotten to interview throughout the years. Like, I think maybe I might be the person on the planet who's interviewed the most astrologers, mm. had the most conversations with astrologers. So they, to me, like make up my, my Yoda, you That's know, amazing. Um, my partner who I'm with right now, who I've been with for almost six years, he is just such a guiding light. Like he holds this frequency that if I hadn't had him in my life throughout 2020, through my, um, my Neptune period, uh, I think I could have at certain times gotten lost in the fog, Mm. you know, because I, I, there were certain rabbit holes that I would allow myself to go down. He'd just pull me out. He'd pull Mm. me out and be like, remember, it's about joy. Remember. Mm. And, and that to me was just, massive so there's been a lot in Natasha Alter the one I had my first reading with my god nothing would have happened without her presence in my life so there's been a lot but yes Mm. I I love love that that. so we also talk about the concept of flow just being this this point right where something comes into alignment and you could just kind of blink your eyes and hours go by but we're always curious what flow is for you Ooh, I love this question. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, flow needs a container. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think of flow alone. I think of flow. So I think of um, sort of like dancing and how to have a structured container enables the dancing, mm-hmm. the beauty of the expression. So what I try to do in my life is create a container or a structure that enables me to drop into that flow state. It's kind of like the uh, discipline enables freedom mm-hmm. concept. And if you look astrologically, it's all there. You can't have only Saturn and you can't have only expansion in Jupiter. You got to have both. And when they work together, it works really well. So for me, I, I need a container and structure around my days in order to drop into that flow. And then I, I get into flow so easy in times like this. I love writing. It's a, I have a Gemini moon. So like the, I, I find so much comfort and joy in, um, in words, mm-hmm. whether they're spoken or written. Um, yeah, that's where I go into my flow state. And what breaks your heart? Oh God. What breaks my heart is when, Ooh, God, that question just went right through to my heart. When people are unaware of their beauty and how magnificent and how there is a purpose to their life and there's a reason that they're here and there's a gift that they have to give. When I hear about like young people taking their lives, it's just like, I mean, maybe that's okay. Like maybe their soul came here to experience just a short amount of time. But if it's because they didn't know how much they mattered, And if it's because they didn't have the chance to understand like their own beauty and uniqueness, that breaks my heart. Mm. Like every time. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll end on a we'll end on a little bit of a lighter note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, that was like instant water. No, we go there. We go there. Um, yeah. Last one is a little bit lighter. What is your favorite food? <laughs> we bring you down. We bring you back up. <laughs> oh God, I love sushi. <laughs> I mean, you are in Hawaii, so that tracks. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, you got it. <laughs> I, mean, I really do. I really do. But I, um, my diet is quite simple. I'm not, I, I, I wish I was more um, inclined towards cooking and, and the beautiful art that that is, but mm. I keep it really simple. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Well, Amanda, you like this hour has just been such a delight. You are such a magnanimous expansive soul, even spending this amount of time with you. I feel like it feels so clear why you do the work that you are doing in the world. And I know what an, a gift astrology has been for me. So thank you for what you have decided to do. I think it matters so much. I think there's so much healing that comes from the conceptualization that we are held, like you said, that we do matter and here's why and how, and there's, it's written and there's evidence of that. And, um, I just, I really appreciate the work that you do. And I really appreciate you exposing us to you because you are just an absolute treasure sister. Thank you. I feel the same about you too. I, my team nominated your podcast as one of their favorites. (laughs) What do you listen to? What do you like to tune into? And and you were like at the top of the list. Mm. And so I got to tune in and I was like, Oh God. Oh, well, yes. I understand why they love this. And yes, we're totally tribe. And (laughs) I'm grateful for the work you do as well. I know it takes a lot to like put yourself out there and make yourself available and share your heart the way you do. So thank you for that. And before we jump, I want to give everybody an understanding of who astrology hub is, what astrology hub is like, can you give them a taste of what, I mean, obviously Danae and I have dabbled and I've actually (laughs) known astrology hub since like way back in the beginning days, which is kind of, I guess, kismet in a way to now be sitting here having this conversation with you. Cause I remember being in my New York city giant office and sitting at my corporate desk and being on astrology hub. And so now here we are, which is hilarious. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about it just so the audience can know like what they're getting into? Yeah, um, we're a platform for very high quality astrological guidance and education. So we have a free podcast you can tune into. We I, I we made a gift for your audience um, if they want to like track those life cycle transits that you can get at astrologyhub.com slash life cycle. Awesome. And we'll throw all that in the in the bio too. Yeah, great. Okay. And then yeah. yeah, and then we have our, our platform. So if you um are interested and curious about having a reading mm-hmm. you can go and take the little quiz and get matched with an astrologer and then have a reading that can be yeah. 30 minutes, 60 minutes 90 minutes but we have a lot of different types of astrologers who, who love to answer different types of questions mm-hmm. um, and it's it's an amazing place to start it's it's where a lot of people start with astrology because before that it's kind of hard to believe but mm-hmm. when someone at your chart and speaking your language it's like oh maybe there's something to this yeah yeah and I think like I said earlier that that was such a big thing for me I think I love the way that you come in to astrology hub you have this quiz where you're like no 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 be specific like what Mm -hmm. is it that you are really trying to get out of this and when you're kind of forced to answer those questions up front and it funnels it down to here's the person that we think is best for you and here's their background here's like what they've studied in here's why we think that makes the most sense um it just felt like i went into it feeling so confident you know yes and to get make that easy for your audience we'd love to offer a discount on their first reading too so Mm -hmm. if that discount and we'll and we'll give you the discount code that you can put in your show notes. So exciting. Amazing. Thank you well, so much. Thank Amanda. you so much, Amanda. Thanks to you. It's such a pleasure. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us more, find us on Instagram at Cheaper Than Therapy, the podcast. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.